Hello all and welcome to the Newsbeat with the Dishing Dietitians brought to you by Crossing Healthcare. So today's topic, we are going to talk about emotional eating. Um, April is Stress Awareness Month and when it comes from nutrition and stress, one of the biggest things that can happen is emotional eating. And I think it's safe to say all of us have experienced some form of emotional eating and we're going to talk about the differences between emotional eating and actual hunger But to get a clear definition of what emotional eating is, it's really turning to comfort for food. And we have a lot of great resources here in the room to help talk about questions to ask yourself, how to cope with emotional eating, and to figure out if you are an emotional eater as well. So we have um, four dietitians in the room and one dietitian in training. So I'm Jennifer. I'm one of the dietitians here at Crossing Healthcare. We also have, from our last episode, Elizabeth, Amy, and Allison, our other amazing dietitians here at Crossings, and we have a new intern, Nick. So Nick's been with us for, this is his second week now, and he has one more week, and Nick, I don't know if you want to talk about who you are or um, kind of where you're planning on going after this rotation, but go ahead and tell everybody about yourself. Sure. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Um, Yeah, like she mentioned, my name is Nick. I'm from California and a new Illinois um, transplant, so to speak. Uh, I'm finishing up my dietetic internship this year, so this is my last rotation, and after this I'll be um, testing to become, see if I can become one of you all. Uh, registered dietitian, uh, but most of my experience has been with um, kids in school. So I do I do a lot of child nutrition, and I'm very familiar with that age group. But I'm really excited to be a part of the podcast this week. So if you don't mind me asking, you know, again, with interns about to leave and go on new adventures, do you have a specific area of focus that you know you want to go into right away, or are you still like kids, or are you still kind of figuring all that out? Uh, I think I'm still figuring most of it out, but uh, I really do love working in the community. So I think I'm probably going to be working out in um, some food banks and doing a lot of community food access and things like that. So that's my... You definitely need that in the community. So that's fantastic. And we're really happy to have you. And we know I know we only have you for one more week, but we wish you the best of luck with everything. And if you go back to California, enjoy the sun. So, like I said, today we're going to talk about emotional eating. So, I think it's really important to talk about the differences between emotional eating and physical hunger. So, Allison, I'll ask you, how do you describe to your patients the differences between the two to kind of see if what type of quote-unquote eater they are? Yeah, sure. So, when we work with our patients or when I'm working with my patients, a lot of times this does come up in our conversation. Um, a lot of times people are looking to gain greater health, right? So when we are taking a look at a patient's overall health status, one of the things that we look at is their current weight versus like ideal weight um, or adjusted body weight. And one of the conversations that we must have with our patients or when you're looking at making those changes is your eating patterns. And those eating patterns typically are coming from two different locations. So emotional eating side of it, or taking a look at the physical hunger side of it. And it's really key to determine with our patients how often those are happening, if they are happening at all. So when we take a look at emotional eating, one of the things that I might ask someone is um, when they're eating, does their hunger come on suddenly? Um, Is it surrounded by an emotional experience? 
if we're looking at their craving of a certain food when those situations arise for them. We're looking at mindless versus mindful eating situations. Um, if they've planned their meals and snacks or if it's an unplanned situation and they just grab whatever's in front of them to eat. Also, um, looking at when they do eat or they're finished eating, um, if they analyze that, do they feel any guilt or shame from what they've eaten? Um, and a lot of those are typically emotional. So if it comes on suddenly, if they're craving specific types of foods, if it's a mindless action, um, if they're not feeling full when, they've, when they're done eating, feeling guilt or shame, that might then be seen as like a more of an emotional eating. Uh, physical hunger is different because it comes on gradually. Um, with hunger, you can really wait. There's um, more people that go through physical eating. They might uh, have a plan in action and they're able to carry out that plan. They also might have, um, when they eat, that hunger stops, they feel satisfied, and they really typically don't feel bad about it because it's a planned incident. That was a really good synopsis of the differences between the two. Because it is a lot more complex than just saying, oh, I'm eating out of emotion or I'm eating because I'm hungry. And triggers definitely play a big role in that. There's a lot of things that can potentially trigger emotional eating. So, Amy, why don't you talk about some of the most common triggers that some people can experience? Yeah, so kind of um, backing off of what Allison said, um, you know, when we talk with patients or just anyone, um, we have to kind of identify what's triggering the emotional uh, eating. So some kind, um, some common uh, triggers of emotional eating, um, one, most common one is stress. Um, I hear this a lot from patients. Um, you know, they have a lot of stress going on, whether that be related to family, friends, um, just whatever. And a lot of um, people tend to go first uh, for food and, you know, just kind of, you know, reaching for those uh, comfort foods um, when they're uh, in a stressful situation because it makes them feel good. Um, like another common trigger uh, can be uh, boredom. So a lot of people um, will emotionally eat out of just boredom. If they're sitting down, you know, they feel like, you know, they have to be doing something, um, so uh, they tend to eat. Um, some food and you know uh, that's just despite if they're hungry or not um another a common trigger for emotional eating is social uh, influences so uh, this can be a kind of a range of things but uh, one of the things that um this can mean is just kind of if we're just out uh, with friends family um say we're at a restaurant um and we feel the need to eat um Again, whether we're, whether we're hungry or not, we feel like we have to eat uh, to fit in. Um, and so, so those are kind of, kind of some of the common uh, triggers for emotional eating. Yeah, so it's a lot more complex than just, I feel like when a lot of people hear emotional eating, a lot of it is just, oh, I'm sad. I'm just going to eat cake or cookies or whatever the case may be. But it's a lot more um, in-depth than that. And... Nick, I guess I'll throw you into the reins. What are some good questions that you can either ask yourself or patients can ask themselves on if they are emotionally eating to figure out 
maybe the reasoning why, or are they emotional eating, or are they physically hungry? Like, what would be some good common questions to ask yourself? That's a really good question. Um, and like Amy was saying, there are a lot of triggers for emotional eating, like stress, um, emotions, obviously emotional eating, boredom, and social influences. And what we don't realize is that these are aspects of our everyday life. So we could be emotionally eating and not even realize it. So some good questions that we can ask ourselves to figure out if we're emotionally eating or not are, um, do, you, do you eat more when you're feeling stressed? Do you eat when you're not hungry or when you're full? Uh, do you tend to eat just to feel better if you're not feeling well that day? Um, a lot of us reward ourselves with food. So are you using food as a self-reward for uh, accomplishing something? That's also a good way to screen if we're, whether or not we're emotional eaters. Um, do you regularly eat until you have stuffed yourself? So eating past your, your fullness cues is also a good way to, to figure out if we're emotionally eating. Um, does food make you feel safe or is, it, is food a friend for you? So are you using it for comfort as well? Um, and then finally, do you, do you feel powerless or out of control with food? And those are all some really important questions to ask ourselves when we're trying to figure out if we're actually emotionally eating or if we're listening to our, our hunger cues. Really good questions. I think we all can ask ourselves and again, hitting different um, situations that could be going on in our lives. And I kind of just wanted to throw it out to all of us because Yes, we're dietitians. We're not perfect. We all struggle. We do not eat healthy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's okay. Um, I don't know if any of you want to share maybe your either struggles with emotional eating or situations where you have emotionally ate. I know for myself, I personally eat out of stress, but also boredom. And like with stress, I usually reach for like the sweets, the chocolates, the cakes, the muffins and cookies, all that jazz. And when I'm bored, it's more of like the salty food. So like the popcorn, the chips. Um, I don't know why I'm doing it. It's just mindless eating. Um, I don't know. Do you all ever have certain foods that you kind of gravitate towards? Is there anything that you feel comfortable talking about? Yeah, I'm definitely a comfort eater. So um, growing up, I surprisingly enough, ate McDonald's a lot. So if I'm like having a really rough day and I'm really stressed and there's just a lot going on in life, I will find myself ending up in that McDonald's drive through I order what I ordered as a child and eating that just brings back those memories of being a kid and having kind of that carefree life. So that is, that's my go-to um, emotional eating place for sure. Yeah, so... Um, what I tend to do, I'm kind of with Jen. Um, I'm definitely a boredom eater, especially at nighttime, especially when I'm just laying in bed, you know, after a long, stressful day. Um, I just want to relax, and, you know, I'm watching TV, and I always feel the need that I need to be eating something. I don't know why, and I'm not really hungry, but I just want to eat, um, and I, I eat it all. <laughs> I go for the sweets. I go for the salty, you know, just whatever whatever um, I feel like eating and whatever um, I, I can't think of the word, whatever I'm craving, yeah. So just all a range of foods for me. So uh, for me, uh, food is like a love language, right? And so when someone's like, oh, do you want to get something to eat? I'm like, whoa, all right, let's go eat because it's very exciting for me. So that's one of the things for me emotionally um, when I'm with people and, and they're thinking about food, then I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it, right? Um, but then stress plays a factor in uh, emotional eating as well as boredom, too. 
Um, but typically it's like a cue from someone like, Hey, do you feel like having this? And I'm like, yep, I sure do. So let's do this. And then, you know, you just feel excited and happy. Um, but again, that's an emotional side to eating that, um, plays into your habits and those habits over the long haul can have an impact on overall health. And so finding ways to recognize that trigger and work with that if that's something that you really are trying to decrease or work on so that you can, you know, live a healthier life, it's important to recognize those things. I really appreciate that you threw a positive spin on it too. Because again, emotional eating seems like such a negative thing, but from a social aspect, we, I mean, if you think of any sort of event going on, whether it's a birthday party or a wedding or whatever it is, food is typically the center of it. So emotional eating doesn't have to be a negative thing. It could bring people together, but you're just eating due to a certain emotion that's coming on from that event. So I think that's really important too, to just not assume it's negative. And I think the biggest reason why we all wanted to talk about this is because we should break the stigma that it's okay to emotionally eat. It's okay to not eat perfect all the time. Things are going to happen, but how are we going to help that and help ourselves if it's something, a situation we have to get away from? Now, going along with that coping, you know, figuring out some good coping skills, how can we learn to cope with emotional eating if it's something that we struggle with? Elizabeth, if you don't mind, I'll just ask you that question. Yeah, of course. One of the first things that we want to do is to identify, like, what's our emotional eating trigger? Is it that stress? Um, what is that? So digging deeper into that. And one way that you can do that is kind of keeping a journal. Um, we always encourage patients to keep that food log to see how much they're eating. Um, but I push you guys to take a step further and write down the emotion you had when you were eating that food. So was I eating chips and guacamole last night because I was bored? And then I can look back and I can see those patterns. And once we're able to see those patterns, that is, that's powerful for us. Then we can take the steps we need to to work with that. Um, other ways that we can kind of feed our feelings without food is to call and talk to somebody. Have that support person that you can call up when, you know, it's 9 o'clock at night and you want to head to that kitchen that is always going to be there and who's going to support you and encourage you, like, hey, maybe you don't need that. Let's let's talk about what's really going on instead of just pushing it down with our with the food. Um, having a nice cup of tea in the evening to help you relax. They have so many different kinds of flavored teas anymore that if you're craving something sweet, they have a, a caramel tea and it is a nice way to indulge in a sweet but not have the calories impacted with it. Um, also, if you're a stress eater, taking a bath in the evening, making it a thing, you know, having the bath salts in there or anything, the bath bombs to help get really get that relaxation going, turning on music and having candles, just something that's all about you, um, but in a relaxing way. Also, reading a book, anything that's going to take your mind off of that food. So if you can go and do something for like seven minutes and it takes your mind off that food and after those seven minutes you're not hungry, then you're really not hungry. So 
it can be as simple as, um, I know for me personally, if I'm stressed, I like to color. And that's just keeping my hands busy so I don't feel the need to reach for food and put it in my mouth all of the time. Great coping skills. And the whole reason it's so important to figure out how to cope is to kind of break the cycle of emotional eating. Because we have this cycle of, you know, something is upsetting us. We feel this overwhelming urge to eat. And then after that, we feel guilty and we feel powerless. And then we just go right back to the beginning of getting upset. And it's just a vicious cycle that is very hard to break. So getting good coping skills is going to be one of the first steps to actually break that cycle and figure out how you can cope with emotions in general. Does anybody else have any tips or anything on emotional eating that you feel like has worked for you, has worked for your patients, or... Any last words about emotional eating? I think it's important um, in this day and age when we're, you know, working with our patients to really discuss current, what's happening currently. And for all of us, what we're seeing is an increase in emotional eating, especially with boredom and stress related to the pandemic. And whether people are feeling, you know, hopeless or helpless or isolated, um, What the trend is, is kind of a pandemic increase in weight. Um, And more and more people that I talk to are like, I've put on 30 pounds, I've put on 40 pounds over the last year. And so really looking at isolating those moments, I think is really important for them. And I think it's really important for us to take a stop, do a little stop beforehand. Um, Before you go to the kitchen, before you go to the drive-thru, to take a few minutes to pause and make that part of your habit to really take a look at what is happening right now and can I make a better food choice so that I can um, fulfill kind of that emotional side to me to where um, it doesn't impact overall weight or health in a negative way. And so taking that pause would be really important. And I just want to encourage people um, that may be struggling because of the pandemic Um, to take an active role in in going to exercise and um, setting themselves up for success by having those healthier options available. And I think it's important, too, to remember that you're not alone in this. It's something that literally everyone deals with emotional eating in some form or fashion. So never be embarrassed to talk about it with somebody. If you have that friend that you can talk to about everything, I encourage you to talk about this because chances are that friend might be struggling with it too in their own way. Um, But just know that you're not alone and there there is support out there for you. And if you don't have, you know, you know, maybe you don't have somebody comfortable you feel that you can have this conversation with talking to a dietitian. I mean, this is what we're here for is to help you. So if you are a patient here at Crossing Healthcare, Ask your physician if you can meet with a dietitian, or um, even if not, if you're not a a patient here, just figuring out that good support system, I think, is a really good piece of advice. Well, we all really hope that you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Um, A little bit shorter than the last one, but um, we'd love to know what you guys think of it. Um, If you have any questions, you can email us at newsbeat dishingdietitians at gmail.com and this is in the description of the podcast as well so you can refer to that we also have a website with recipes that website is dishingdietitians.blogspot.com there'll be just a little blurb about 
this current podcast. You can also see the previous ones we have also recorded. And we all just, again, really want to thank you for joining us. And always remember to stay upbeat.